Welcome back, everyone. Episode 26, which is crazy. We're getting so close to 30. I can't believe it. We have the lovely ladies of High Ride Cycle. Yes. I opened the studio for years together, and Ray is one of our lead instructors at High Ride. So we have two locations at High Ride Cycle. We have one in the Sloan's Lake neighborhood of Denver, and then we have one in North Bend, so up north. So the Sloan's Lake one has been open for about four years now in July, which is super exciting. And then the North Bend one opened right before the pandemic about a year and a half ago. Yeah, we have those two locations now. Congratulations. That's amazing. They have the cutest studios, you guys. I love going there and they have these like giant words on the wall that are like so inspirational. I forget everything that it says on the wall. Cause I actually do it from my bike at home now because they're also on the stride app. So I usually do it there because my schedule is so psychotic, but going into the studio, it's always like so much fun. So, mm-hmm. and then we also have Ray with us today. Who's one of the lead instructors. Hello. Yes, I hounded, we always joke about this, but I hounded Megan and Scott three years ago when I first moved out to Denver. And I was like, I have to audition here. I'm obsessed with this place. I love it, blah, blah. And Megan was like, we don't have any auditions coming up, but when we do, like, I'll let you know. And I just pretty much kept like, shoulder tapping her being like, okay, what about now? What about now? And then eventually it worked out and I will never, ever leave. Even if she wants me to. (laughs) (laughs) She's got you for life now. I never want you to leave me, Ray. Where did you move from, Ray? I moved from Kansas city. Um, I'm originally from the Midwest and God bless that place, but I will never move back. That's how we feel about New York. Yeah. 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 Once you're in a cool ass place, like Kansas City's wonderful for a lot of different reasons, but it feels so small now going back, you know? And oh, I can't imagine being in New York after having grown up if you grew up in a smaller town or something. It is so different, but Denver's been so wonderful to me. So. Good. And Megan, are you born and raised Colorado? No, my husband and I moved here about eight or nine years ago. Now I used to work for general mills and they moved me out to Denver. And so I worked in their small office out here, but I've kind of moved around my whole life, but we went to school in Boston and then I moved out here like eight or nine years ago. Oh, I love Boston. That's another like big, small city or small, big city. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) It's very charming, but the weather isn't great. I miss the people, but I don't really miss the city. Totally. Yeah, the weather sucks on the East Coast. Yes. Agreed. I know my mom was just visiting and she brought the New York weather with her. That's why we had such terrible, terrible weather. <laughs> I blame her. 100%. So Megan, I know you and your husband started the studio. How, how long has it been open now? So July 7th of 2017, we opened. We started the concept or thinking about the concept in October um, of 2016. And then we opened in July of 2017. So it feels like forever ago, but it also feels like just yesterday, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I get that. I feel the same way about the projects I've been working on. I like, I'm like, we just started, but it's been a year and it's crazy. <laughs> what, what made you guys want to open the studio? I mean, I'm so fascinated by this because I've never really been into fitness actually until I started going to high ride, which in like, that's mm. the only thing that keeps me going. And So I'm actually like so grateful for you guys. And I feel bad because Megan and Ray probably would both confirm that I am the worst person to attend fitness classes because I never show up half the time that I, I cancel all the time because my schedule is like, Aloe's like, oh my God, she would do that. But I love the studio. Like I really do, which is why I always like keep rebooking because I want to come back and I do love it there. So I'm curious, like what inspired you? Cause I feel like it has a really different feel than any other group fitness that I've done before. So I'm curious about that story. Yeah. So my husband and I both went to Northeastern in Boston, which is, and we both focused on business and we've always, we had always talked, I mean, I've been with him for like 14 or 15 years. We had always talked about owning our own company, but I always thought it would be in food because that is my background, consumer packaged goods. And, you know, nothing really felt right to me, but I remember having this conversation with my dad when I was working for General Mills and he was like, well, what do you want to do? I liked my job. I didn't love it. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, 
well, I want to work in fitness full time, but you can't make any money and it's a grind. And what if I want to have a family? And I don't know. So that was fast forward, like two years, my sister and I saw that there was a spin certification happening in Denver and her name's Lindsay. She teaches at the studio now. And Lindsay was like, do you want to come with me and get certified? It's a one day certification. And we've always wanted to do something like this and let's do it. So we signed up, we did it. And on the way home, she said to me, you should open a spin studio. And I was like, wow, you're right. I should open a spin studio. And she planted that seed in my head. And it's literally all I could think about. And I, you know, it's really cool because she believed in me from, you know, day one that we could actually do this. And so when I came home and talked to Scott about it, you know, a couple of weeks later, when I couldn't stop thinking about it, he was hundred percent in right away. He believed in us and believed in me. And so I was like, okay, well, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I am going to, you know, figure it out and go from there. And so I started looking at locations in Denver, all over the city. And I found one that I loved and fell in love with it. And it was full steam ahead. I had, both of us had absolutely no idea what we were doing, but we figured it out as we went. And I just, I'm one of those people that once I get my mindset to something, I like cannot not do it. So, you know, I just had to, I had to do it. And so, you know, fast forward four years and I look back and I was, I'm like, wow, you know, so much has happened in four years, but I was like, wow, I'm stupid. I have no idea what I was doing. And we maxed out our credit cards and we took a lien on our house and we signed a five-year lease and we did all these things that I was like, I I don't know if I would do that again, because that seems crazy in my mind, but, <laughs> but it's so amazing. And I can't imagine my life without high ride and it's completely transformed the person I am. And I think the trans transform, you know, our riders and our instructors and our team members. So it's really, really cool to see and to see how far it's come. I love, I love that spin. story. That's so amazing. And at the time, you know, when we opened the studio, there was not soul cycle or flywheel. There wasn't even a cycle bar at the time. We actually opened the same exact week as cycle bar, which is kind of crazy to think about, but there was no like dance party on a bike sort of vibe. And I really wanted to bring that to Denver because people love that so much. And it's such a fun workout and it's what my body craved. I fell in love with it because there was a studio in Boulder that I would go to when I was working there. And I was like, wow, this is so fun. And you have to find a workout that feels good for your body that you crave. That's really fun. Or you're going to find every excuse not to do it. So I was like, Denver needs this. We, ha we have to bring this to Denver. And so that's it. I mean, we just decided to move forward with it. I totally resonate with that. Aloe knows that side of me really well. I'm like, I won't do that workout. No. <laughs> she's like will you come to pilates with me i'm like absolutely no. not yeah <laughs> i well, did end probably up going thought that and when i didn't end up liking to high ride and look at you now you know? oh my god you guys noelle and laura had to like pull my teeth out to get me to come the first time i was like do you guys know how much your butt hurts after you go <laughs> to a spin class you get like, used to i'm it. good well, so I, my first spin class in town was the one on 38th. That's like the black and orange. Oh, Rush Cycle. Yes. Yes. And I went to an instructor there and I, I appreciated her the way I appreciated my dance instructors when I was growing up where I was like, she's fun. And I think she's supporting me, but she might also be really angry at me. I'm not really sure. And so like that energy I was cool with, but I just like the whole time felt like I was failing. And that was probably like a mental problem for me. And I went a few times and I was just like, you know what, this this isn't for me. I didn't like any other instructor that I went to there. And I was just like, this culture isn't for me. I like come in here. I don't talk to anybody. I have an assigned bike. And if I'm too close to the front, I hate it, which is funny because I now spin only at the front if I can, because I like being in front of the mirror to check my form. But I hated that when I first started. So yeah, they, they were like, you have to come to high ride. I'm like, I don't think I like spinning. <laughs> They're like, just do it. And I think I think Megan, you taught the first class that I went to. And then I went to a class with Ray and I was like, this is for me. Aww. This is definitely for me. I loved both of you. And then I told Aloe, I was like, I don't know who we're going to interview because I love everybody. <laughs> like I, I would have had Alyssa and Lindsay and Alexa on as well. Like I religiously always wanted to go to the five of your classes. So thank you for doing mm -hmm. this. And 
We, have, um, we just have the most yeah. amazing team, like the most amazing humans on our team. And it makes such a big difference. And it's really cool to hear. I mean, one of our core values is to make people feel welcomed, supported, and comfortable mm-hmm. and successful. So it's like hearing that you felt that way when you walked into the studio is really cool. I mean, literally from the second you walk into the studio, our amazing front desk team is saying hello and welcome. And we're going to make you feel comfortable, whether it's your first time or your 700th time. So it's neat that you felt that way when you came in, because it, it is a special place. It's definitely part of the culture for sure. Everyone I've ever brought there feels the same way. So I'm curious though, I guess I didn't write in my questions like about hiring, but is that something that you look for when you're adding team members? Like how I'm curious how that works for like fitness. Like what kinds of things do you look for when you're growing a team? Well, I mean, I think it's different for every studio, but I truly believe that you can teach technique to pretty much anyone, but you can't teach passion and personality. And what our team has that I think is very different than a lot of places is passion and personality. We've had people audition with us that technically maybe they were better than some of the auditions that I've had or some of the people that I've hired, but if they're not going to be a good culture fit, if they don't have the core values that we're looking for, if they're competitive, it's just, it's not the right place for those people. So, you know, we have purposely not hired people like that because I think it can just be a sore spot in your community. And that's not what we're looking for. I mean, our our team are truly best friends with each other. You know, I mean, everyone supports each other. Everyone you know, takes each other's classes and gives constructive criticism instead of being competitive and catty and gossipy or anything like that. And I think sometimes in the fitness community, it can be really competitive and it can be really like, you know, catty and we're just not about that. And, and we're about lifting each other up instead of bringing each other down. Yeah. A lot of people, I used to work at a fitness studio back in New York. I teach yoga but we, we would do the same thing, take each other's classes, bring each other. Like, I'd be like, come to Jordan's spin class with me and I'd bring people and she'd bring people to yoga. But I know of a few yoga studios where the teachers would be like, well, if I was teaching the class, right. you know, and they'd get like really like snotty about it. And I'm like, then why are you taking the class? Like my, right. my friend Heather and I were talking about this either today or yesterday about how as a yoga teacher, you hate when other teachers come to your class sometimes because they're so judgmental. They're so Mm. critical of you. So Mm. it's nice to hear that you guys actually support one another. And maybe at the end of a ride, if if they had like some constructive criticism, you guys would probably take it with a grain of salt and like thank them for it, you know, instead of being like, I can't believe she said that to me. We're a very, very feedback back driven community and everyone knows, I mean, even when they take my class as the owner, I'm like, Ray, you know, what did you think? Did you have any feedback? How was my music level? Mm What do you think about this? And I think that's really important too, because we all can learn from each other. You know, Ray speaks from her heart and I can learn so much like inspiration and motivation from her. And, you know, maybe she can learn some technicality pieces for me or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but yeah, I think that's really important because fitness is supposed to be fun and working yeah. in a fitness studio is supposed to be fun, not competitive. And so it makes Seriously. a difference to work with people that you like and support. And I think it makes a difference for the members too. They see right through it. Right. Totally. And they, what we give out to our members and what we put out into the world is what we get back. And we want people who are supportive and welcoming and make you feel comfortable as well, you know? So, so that's really important to us. I love that. Authenticity. Oh yeah. So when you guys, I've always wondered, like putting together classes, what is that process like for, <laughs> for you? Cause I feel like everybody there has, it's like, there's this through line of the culture that is consistent with everybody, but you all have your own style. So I'm curious how that works. And like, I'd love to hear from both of you, how you approach classwork and like, what is a successful class for you? And what is a class where you walk away maybe? And you're like, I want to make a change for next time. Well, I'll let Ray chat a little bit about like our training program and how we remain consistent. And then also, you know, how you develop your classes and everything. Yeah. So, well, the training program has definitely evolved (laughs) quite a bit um, since I came onto the team, but it really, the consistency with the community and like how you feel page, for example, as a writer, when you walk into high ride, like that is 
a perfect example of what Megan and Scott have created. I mean, yes, it is a holistic experience and the team plays so much of a role in that. And um, especially the leadership team in creating that type of environment or creating an environment that, you know, is receptive to constructive criticism or encourages growth, even if that means having a hard conversation, et cetera, et cetera. So I do want to applaud Megan and Scott because it comes from the top down, you know, but it feels so much more like a horizontal playing field at high ride in training. We talk a lot about class structure. You know, we go through like what exactly. So I previously taught at a studio where it was very different. It was kind of more like soul cycle in the regard that there wasn't as much interval training. It was more just kind of like, we're going to ride really fast and we're going to move really fast with the fast rhythms, which doesn't it's feel like it soul cycle. It totally depends. And I don't want to say that's what it's like at every single soul cycle class, sure. but totally like that rhythm based okay. riding, I think is easy to get carried away with in boutique fitness. Cause you think, I don't know if a rhythm's fast, then you're going to move fast with it. But high rat is structured the classes and the model to be so much more beginner and intermediate friendly and yet still challenge the advanced riders. I think I, I'd kind of go down a rabbit hole if I went into all the nitty gritty of what training and structuring classes looks like, but ultimately it does sort of feel like a part-time job if you are as passionate about it as we are you know, going through music every week, like having different music outlets that you pull from. Do I like this remix? Do I like this one? Is this beat going to drop hard enough for me? Am I going to feel sexy here? Are my writers going to feel empowered when I play this song as the last song of class? Like there are so many things that go into playlist curation. And then that's just a piece of it. You know, we have definitely feel that like in your guys' classes, I'm like, I don't even know this many songs. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, how, how? And then I usually go home and I'm like, I liked that. Add that to my playlist. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because that's one thing that is talked about in training. Like we want riders to walk out of class and feel like, oh, like, hell yeah, I love that song. Or like, you know, somebody will walk up to the podium after class and be like, Ray, what was that final sprint you played? Or what was that second arm song? Like I'm dying to know it. So we want to showcase, obviously it's fun to play like top hits and things that people want to hear, but also we want people to expand their music taste a little bit too. Cause you're kind of like a DJ up on the podium, but totally. Oh, structurally, Megan, you want to speak to class templates and why you kind of developed also, um, the way don't... that you did. If, if you guys have like a secret sauce, you, I'm not asking you to like give that formula away. Ray kind of touched on it, but we do have our own training program. So it is very structured. So if you take Ray's class, if you take my class, it feels like the high ride. And that's really important to me because we want it to feel like a brand and you know what you're going to get when you walk through the doors. We, our goal in class is to spike your heart rate up, bring it down, spike it up, bring it down, spike it up, bring it down. And the, the reason being is because you burn the most amount of calories, but also no one can sustain a really high heart rate. And no one wants to be at a really low heart rate because you feel like you didn't work out. Out. So it's our goal to do that. And so we know that, you know, this jump song is going to spike your heart rate up because it's super fast and we're getting you up out of the saddle and down. And so we're going to put that in a certain place. We're going to put our hill in a certain place where we're really cranking it up and focused on resistance. Then we're going to put our arms there for a little cardio break. And then we get a full body workout. So it's kind of like that, I guess, is the secret sauce. A lot of workouts do that, you know, different modalities do that. And then also cycling does that. So it's not like, it's not a secret. I think a lot of people it's know, like, it. but uh, then sure. it's like Tabata on the bike. Yes, exactly. And then, you know, so we have this workout and if you took out every single move that we did, it would still be a really good workout, but then we throw in, you know, some push-ups and some tap backs and some, side to sides and some dancey moves to make it a little bit more fun and make it feel like you're on a dance party on a bike. I mean, I absolutely love it when I see the class crushing a movement that I'm throwing at them or a combo that I'm throwing at them. And Paige, you probably love this style because you were a dancer and it feels very dancey, but at the same time, it feels like a huge challenge. I mean, you feel like a complete badass when you're done with it um, because mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it, it's really hard. <laughs> Well, and I love that too. Like when everyone in the room is in sync and you're like yeah. down, 
Uh, yes. And you're just like, yes. fuck yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I am an amazing instructor because I am coaching them correctly. And I am telling mm-hmm. them, you know, the right things. I, you know, I'm not that crazy and think I'm the most amazing instructor in the world, but it's really cool to be like, wow, I really cued them correctly. Right. And they're actually yeah. like doing what I'm telling them to do. And I explained it correctly. And that's the thing. Our job as an instructor is to make people feel successful. And how we do that is you know, to make sure to forecast into a movement that we're doing or, you know, explain the movement or demo the movement or also give people options. Sometimes I have riders who just want to sit the entire class and you know what, that is okay. It is, we say at the beginning of every class, it is your ride. It is not mine. You can do as much or as little as you're comfortable with, and you get to show up exactly how you want to, you know, everyone's on a different fitness journey and we have to respect that. And we have to make every single person feel comfortable no matter what. I, I love will. that you said that because so our listeners know and punch knows, but I used to be like really fat. I started in, I, I lost like 125 pounds. Like I was wow. nearing 300 pounds, but wow. I started That's in insane. a pool doing aqua aerobics. And then when I graduated from aqua aerobics, I went to the spin studio because it's not as bad on your knees, but I wouldn't get up. I wouldn't do the jumps. I wouldn't do those things because it was really hard for me still. And the instructor used to like call me out and be like, mm. you know, if you can't do these things, don't come to this class. <gasps> I hate that oh, so much. That breaks my mm-hmm. heart. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and no really one would ever you. say that to you at high ride. I would die. Oh my God. Right. I mean, that it really scars you. Oh you know, it it's did. like, right. That's the thing. It's like, everyone's on a different fitness journey. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been to, I've taught over a thousand classes. Obviously I'm going to be able to you know, do a class very differently than a brand new rider who is just learning how to be up out of the saddle, you know? So that's really sad. And, you know, it's very anxious and stressful for brand new people to come into a studio. And then for someone to yell at them in that class, that it's like, no way I'm never coming back. So mind you, maybe the business owner should also think about the fact that you are losing clients because you are yelling at people and making them feel like they're not good enough, you know, and everyone's good enough for any of our classes. But and that's, that's, that's very horrible. That's what creates that spiral of like right. a talk, you know, toxicity or people mm-hmm. not feeling like they belong or yeah, oh, I've been there before, but it wasn't really for me. And like, really the hidden reason is that they were like fucking shamed when they can't mm-hmm pick it up out of the saddle. That would make me not want to go to a class. Even if I like saw that happen to Aloe and I didn't know her, I'd be like, "Mm, okay. So what happens if like, I'm having an off day, am I not welcome in your class either? Like if I'm not perfect, does that, right. That works. So I didn't go back. I quit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would too, for sure. But Ray, I think you were going to touch on something that Megan had said. Yeah. I I was thinking about No, I was thinking about like the energetic flow of class and how like spiking your heart rate up, bringing it down, spiking it up, bringing it down. It just reminded me of like, there's a physical flow and there's an energetic flow. And we talk a lot about this. We started to talk more about this in training now. And it's, it's a primary component. Cause if you think about like a warm up song, how do you energetically invite people to show up with everything they have that day? everything they have that day, not like everything compared to your neighbor or everything compared to last week. It's like, okay, how do I create an environment right now with this song in this warm up that invites people to show up fully and gets them amped. And then you head into the first three songs, you know, class. And it's like, you're ramping up intensity. And then maybe the intensity drops a little bit if you hit arm songs, but you're still focused. And so then you're concentrating more on form and commanding the space in a different way. And it's just like, there's so much that goes into a class structure aside from just the physical. And I think that's a dynamic that many fitness instructors, I don't think ever really touch. And maybe it's because they don't fully understand the importance of like having that connection, but every single song of class or the structure of class really does match energetically with like these waves of we're ramping it up. Okay. We're taking it down ramping it back up. All right. Now I want you to feel sexy and gritty. Like 
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. A great point. Okay. Every time you say sexy and gritty, I think of when you played Red Mercedes in one of our spin classes. And I was like, <laughs> oh my I don't God. know this song, but I feel really sexy listening to it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know. Yeah, I love that song. That's literally at the top of my Fast Dogs playlist. I see it like every day. That's awesome. <laughs> I should play that. I'm going to play that tomorrow. But um, <laughs> I, I love that concept. I actually, so I don't know that I've ever like thought about it intentionally, like when I've walked into the studio, but I had a ballet teacher once and she was the only instructor that's ever said this to me. And I think it goes with what you're saying, Ray, and like the whole vibe of your studio. She said, I don't need you to have a hundred percent every day. If you only have 70% today, that's okay. But give me 100% of your 70. Hell like yes. you have to give me a hundred percent of whatever you have, but mm-hmm. you don't have to have a hundred percent at all times. And I, I always really like appreciated that going forward. I was like, okay, so I don't have, like I did too many workouts this week and I'm tired and I need to move my body still, or I'm sore from moving or whatever it was. And I don't have very much energy today, but I'm going to give it everything that I do have. And, you know, maybe that means I'm sitting for the whole sprinting song and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's such a huge piece. Exactly. You just showed up. I love that. I, Mm -hmm. I thought I was unique. When I said that in class one time, <laughs> no, I know it's probably all over. We always place. just say, I mean, like half the battle is getting there, right? Ninety yeah. percent mm-hmm. of the battle is showing up; the rest just comes. Yeah, you know, it's it's making the conscious effort to actually get up and move your body. Well, and you know, giving yourself a little bit of grace and not having to always be perfect. Who cares if you have to sit down for 45 seconds for a sprint? Who cares if you miss that, you know, pulse or that movement or that combo? It doesn't matter. I mean, you're showing up, you're putting one foot in front of the other and that's all we're asking of you. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that's really important. And I think our team does such a great job of meeting people where they are and challenging them, but in a way that it's on you and you only to make the decision of if you need to sit down here or if you need to stand up or if you want to go faster or slower, if you want to put more resistance or less resistance on. And, you know, I think that's really important. And that's why people keep coming back because they feel so comfortable in our space and they feel like we're here to support them, but not here that to push them, you know, too much uh, past where they want to go. Mm-hmm. So they're like passing out on the bike. Yeah. You know, exactly. my um, so partner scary. always says to me, he's always like, you want to be 1% better than you were yesterday. That's it. Mm. Not better than the person next to you, not better than, you know, someone you see on Instagram. Like you want to be 1% better than the person you were yesterday. And at the end of the year, you hope that you're 50% better than you were a year ago. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. Yeah. He sometimes has nice things to say. <laughs> I'm like, He's I can't believe things. I can't believe Tyler said that. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. He's so good. He's he's Aww. he's a different person. I don't know. I don't know Punch. I don't know who he is. He's Aww, someone's commandeered it. his body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, uh, I'm oh sorry, Allie, do you have a question? Well, I was just gonna say, so I want to hear like kind of about like the whole process of you starting this business, like, was it hard at first? It's kind of how Punch and I are, we're trying to figure out this whole podcast world, right? Like we had no idea what we're doing. We both were going through breakups and we're, which we're now both dating the same people we broke up with that (laughs) on this podcast, which is the craziest thing, but whatever. We were going through this like difficult time and we just decided to do it. And we just sat in my closet one day and started to do it and learned so much. I feel like in the time that we you know, from when we started to where we are, we started in November. So we're six months. I'm wondering what your growing pains were like. Did you, Oh boy. Were you, did How you much ever time like, do we have? give up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just whatever you feel like sharing. I just feel like it's important. Punch and I really try to inspire women to take charge of their lives. And, and I love that, you know, your dad said to you, what is it that you really want to do? And I had said this to Tyler the other day, because he's having some issues right now with like his job and stuff and, you know, happiness. And I was like, well, if you could pick one thing for the rest of your life that you just want to do, what would it be? And he didn't have an answer. I feel like a lot of people don't know. And just like you, Megan, like 
he turned it around on me and was like, well, what would you want to do? And I was like, oh, that's easy. I would own a yoga studio with like a cafe and like a crystal shop. Like that's what I, that would make me the happiest every day to wake up, go teach yoga every day. And lots and of babies. Lots of babies. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, I just think that it's important to know that you have this passion and I want to inspire change in other people. If someone's listening to this and they're like, damn, I wish I could do what Megan did. Like, you know, sometimes it's helpful to hear that you struggled, but you've overcome it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this is a long story, so you can stop me wherever you want, but so, well, first, what I would say is go after it. I mean, it has honestly changed me as a person and I can't even remember my life before high ride. It feels, it feels like I wasn't complete until I started high ride, but I have to say it's the hardest thing that I've ever done in my whole life. And it you know, if someone is not willing to give up years of their life, not being able to travel to visit people, not being able to, you know, go to every dinner party you wanted to go to or every party you wanted to go to, like, if you're not willing to do that, then don't do this because it consumes every single piece of my life. Even four years later, when, you know, we have a team and a team of 30 people who are running our studios and who are teaching our classes. Amazing. But, yeah, it is. And, but, you know, so we, you know, we, we signed a lease, we started working with the architect, we started working with a contractor, we um, opened this. And again, all of this was lear a learning experience for me. And, you know, I continue to learn every single time we open a studio or do anything in the business. So then we opened and it did, you know, gain traction pretty quickly, which was great. We started, you know, making some revenue, we started building our membership, which was awesome. But Throughout all of that positivity that happened in the first year and, you know, building our team and starting to grow and everything, we went through a lawsuit with our landlords, which was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my whole life. So we signed a lease with the landlord and I negotiated that they would be responsible for sound mitigation and then also making sure the the space that we were in was suitable and sufficient for a cycling studio. And literally day one, when we did our first training, then our neighbors, which were dentists complained about the sound. And so we tried to go back and forth with them and work through some sound mitigation and put some soundproofing in and nothing really worked. That building was just built really poorly, but you know, so this first year we're going through these arguments with our landlord. And then we're also going through a lawsuit. They tried to evict us and we countersued them for breach of contract. And finally, Damn. after a year of all this, the day before we were supposed to go to court, they realized that they were going to lose and they oh. settled with us. But at that point we have hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal bills, you know? So, so at that point, yes, I absolutely did want to give up, but you know, that really wasn't an option for me. And I don't think it was, you know, it's all me and my husband had, and we had put everything into the, this business that we've ever worked for. So we decided, okay, we're going to find a new space. We are going to move out. We are going to start over and start fresh. And honestly, I look back now, and that was a huge blessing in disguise. Our first space we couldn't have grown with, we had AC issues. We had sound issues. We had vibration issues. And we learned okay, so much yeah. in that first space that we could take so we moved to our new space and it's so much better. It's beautiful and sexy and trendy. And honestly, you know, it's a blessing in disguise because I don't think we ever would have gotten to where we are today without moving to this location. We're in the target parking lot, the King supers parking lot, the drive-by traffic is amazing. The parking is better. Everything in the studio is better. So although that was a really hard challenge, it was a learning experience and, you know, we've come out the other side and I think we're better for it. So Yes, there have been plenty of challenges to overcome. That probably was the hardest one until we hit COVID, but you know, we made it through and it's worth it. And if you have the determination and the grit to keep going, then you can keep going. You know, you take one step at a time, one day at a time, just like we tell our classes that what you, that's what you have to do in life as well. And just start, just do right. it. Yeah. And you, you'll Punch figure it out. That. I mean, if you, if you want to, you can figure anything out, you know? So that's what we did. We just, you know, figured it out one day at a time, one step at a time. So and I think you guys have a great location, right? In Sloan's oh, yeah. Lake area. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. 
And we got in there at the perfect time. I mean, we were able to shut the doors to our old studio and three days later open the doors to our new studio. So we didn't have any disruption of business. We could continue on with the momentum from year one. So, I mean, it, it did end up being a blessing, but when you're in it, it doesn't feel like it. And it doesn't feel like, oh, this is going to be a good learning experience one day. But mm. now looking back, I can realize that that happened for a reason and we're stronger because of it. Well, like you said, it's your passion and it, it really yeah. shows. It really comes through. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just like live, breathe, sweat, cry, you know, high ride. It's just my, it's, it's amazing. I'm going to have to come take a class. Yeah, we'll have to go to one together. Punch, I can't rely on you to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Especially now that you have that bike at home. (laughs) I know, but it's so good, you guys. I take more classes now than I ever did. Yeah. Which is like the perfect, like, okay, so I want to know, I'm so curious about your experience versus like, as a consumer, my experience doing the stride stuff. For me, it's great, but it's definitely different than the energy when you actually like go to the class and there's everybody in there. So I'm curious, like, how did that happen? The stride thing, which is so awesome. And what has everybody's experience been like doing that? Is it weird recording? Like you're talking to a bunch of people. Very weird. (laughs) I want to know all the things. I'm so curious. Well, I'll kind of share um, the story about how Stride came about, but then I'll let Ray take over about what filming is like, because it's very different than, you know, being in the room. But so about, you know, a year and a half before the pandemic hit, this guy, his name is Pasha. He's the owner of this company called Stride Bike. He reached out to Scott, my husband, just through LinkedIn. And he was like, Hey, I see that you're the owner. We're looking, and I see that you guys won the best studio and best instructor on ClassPass we're looking for studios to partner with. Basically, we want to create an at-home bike that, you know, has a screen on it, similar looking to Peloton or Echelon or any of the other bikes out there. But we want, you know, the best studios around to be creating the content. I don't want to deal with the workout. I want to deal with the business side of things. Would you be interested? And I'm like, okay, this sounds too good to be true, but I'm into it. And who knows what I like, that's amazing. (laughs) Right. And you know, this is the, we worked out what he would pay us, how it would work, what our partnership would look like. And I really, Scott and I both really liked him and we thought that it would be a great partnership and that he would be, you know, a great partner for us and not only care about the money, care about like working very well together. So fast forward, you know, like a year, we were testing all of these videos. We were testing the setup. We were testing how we would do it. Our instructors were testing it out. And luckily we had already had all this equipment and everything when the pandemic hit. And then we were able to just, you know, quickly get all of our videos online and rent out our bikes and, and, you know, start getting the content to the people so that they could ride at home. But it's been a great partnership. The owner is amazing. The bike is really amazing. The app is great. It's just app.stridebike.com. You can get it on your computer. So if you have a at home bike, you can use it. Otherwise you can buy their bike and use it. But yeah, but as far as recording the content, I'll let Ray talk a little bit about that. It is completely different than being in the studio when you're talking to just a camera, but, and to bring an energy and personality when you don't know who's behind that screen. But Ray, I don't know if you have a little bit to say about that. I feel like that is the, I mean, that's like the biggest thing that is worth mentioning to people who don't understand what it's like to literally be in a room. I mean, well, it'd probably be like recording a podcast of just you. You're recording yourself saying things that you hope people are understanding. And you're also trying to like motivate people to get to move in certain ways and challenge themselves, but you're not there physically with them. So it is so bizarre, but I will say that this has challenged, and I don't know if you feel this way, Megan, but I feel like stride has challenged me so much in my ability to command the room. It's like, if I can command a room and hold space and motivate people through a camera, like you bet your ass, I got 15 or 20 people into a studio or hopefully more soon, but that's going to be no problem. You know, like it's really just like challenge you to re it challenges you to reframe. Mm -hmm. It also has invited me to have more fun with myself. I think like if I'm the only one on the podium, then I, I want to make people laugh. Like I got to think of like silly things to say, or like, 
ways that I can relate to a room that's empty, but knowing on the other side that there are people who literally are paying for this and are choosing to show up because they want to ride your class specifically, or because they are investing in stride, a startup that is motivating in itself and makes you want to like really show up as your best as a professional, but also make it inviting, have personality. It's difficult. But it's really cool because we're reaching such a huge audience now too, that we can't, that's nationwide that we weren't able to reach before. So that's really neat too. It's like, we're spreading the high ride magic with people who can't come into our studio. And I love that. Yeah. It's almost like the universe really provided for you in the sense that you got this all set up before the pandemic hit because you would have been scrambling. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make money? Mm-hmm. I am so, so, so grateful for that. I mean, we, we have been testing for about a year. So our instructors were ready. We were ready. I mean, yes, we have refined, we have changed a lot, especially being able to see the demographic and what the, what the riders want. You know, we have a very wide demographic on stride, which is very different than what we see in the studio. So we've had to iterate a little bit and, you know, change some of our rides and have some different options and everything. But yes, I am so, so grateful that that was ready to go because we need, we need, to be honest, we needed stride this past year and a half, and they have been such a great partner to help keep us alive, honestly. I think also as I wrote this down earlier, cause I wanted to mention it when we were going to talk about COVID and the pandemic hitting like that for, to be so invested in high ride as a lead instructor. And I know I can speak on behalf of at least the other leads. Like I lost, it felt like I lost a part of my identity when I wasn't teaching for high ride during the pandemic. So when we had stride, it was like I could condense in my life. And that was such a game changer. I mean, and I feel like we learned so much by watching. I remember watching Alyssa's classes and your classes and because you both were filming more at the time, but, and learning about, okay, when we reopen, when we get to the other side of this, like, how do I want to film and instruct differently? So there was still opportunity for growth and continuation of development of my career. I felt like I was like, grasping for identity because losing high ride was huge, but to have stride, I agree. That was, I'm so grateful for that. I mean, it's a piece of us and Mm -hmm. this, it's so hard to leave the podium after you've been on the podium, because it's like, this is who I am. Like I come alive when I'm up there. It's just, I, I go into a different dimension. I feel like I'm just like a different person when I'm up there. I mean, I'm terrified to speak in front of people. I hate being in front of people and this has completely changed me. And, you know, it's, it it was really sad. And I think back to those times and I, my, I just craved it. And I craved being able to teach, even if it was to a camera, because that's a part of who we are now, you know? So that, that was really nice too. And I think a lot of our instructors that teach on stride felt the same way. It is authentic and that's what makes it special. So I can't imagine like feeling like you've lost that like big piece of your identity in this time to like- I feel like I could not have said that better myself. Exactly. I mean, I a hundred percent agree. And, and it is, I mean, when you step up onto that podium, it is a performance, you know, it's like, yes, this is who I am. When, when you come to my class, I want you to have fun, but also get like your butt kicked, you know, whereas like when you come to race class, she speaks to your soul and like, you know, you step into this person that you are when you're up on the podium and, and you're right. I mean, every single dance or every single class that we teach is different, but it's a piece of you. And it's like, that piece is never going to be exactly the same. And I I don't know. It's like, you crave that because you just love it so much. And it's, it's in your blood. I mean, it's, I'm just so passionate about it and all of our instructors are. And that's why I think it's very important that everyone that steps onto our podium is passionate about it. Otherwise it feels forced and fake and like, you don't really care. You know, I don't think any of our instructors do it for the money. They do it for the passion. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. I think generally speaking, you can always tell when people do it for money versus when they do it because they love it. Yeah. So I agree. I will literally teach yoga for free. 
Yeah, I do not well, uh-huh. she does teach yoga for right. Yeah, it's so because interesting because when we I shut the it. studio down, you know, everyone, Scott and I were in a very like stressful and anxious and you know depressed place. I think it's probably the most depressed I've ever been in my life. But all of our instructors, I would say ninety percent of them, and I think a hundred percent of them would do this. They just didn't think to reach out, but they all offered to teach for free and to literally do whatever they could to keep the studio alive. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm even going to get like emotional thinking about it, but like, I couldn't even imagine going through this without 25 amazing humans to help us through that. Because Mm -hmm. I I, like some days couldn't get out of bed. I was crying so much, you know, it's just, you're Mm -hmm. so scared of what's going to happen. And it's really cool that you have a team behind you that supports you yeah. and that acts like, you know, it's their business too. And it's their baby too. And it's so important to them that it survives. And I mean, I don't think we would have survived without them. So it's, re- it's amazing. Mm. And I'm just so grateful for them. Well, I've worked for a lot of businesses that are team culture. And I say team culture, because I think it's really easy to throw out the term that you're a team and that everybody is equal. And having worked in that environment, I can tell from the way that your employees or teammates, I guess we should say, talk about your business and promote your business and spend time and like even getting on the Instagrams, like I follow most of your instructors on Instagram and they're all with each other all the time. Like they're all friends. Like you can say that, oh, my team, they're all friends. Like we all love each other. We have great culture. And to actually do that is, is really hard. I've not actually seen a better example of it in my adult life, I think, than your business, which is one of the reasons that I was so interested and told Alan, like, I really wanted to have you guys on because I think that of the local businesses I know in Denver, you've built one of the best teams I've ever seen. So thank you for building that community. And yeah, I mean, you're, you've done it and like, congratulations. And I'm so glad that you guys pulled through because, you know, you, you guys are people who can actually say that you're changing lives on a daily basis. And I think that is so cool. It is really cool. And honestly, you know, we're not perfect and I don't, I don't want to pretend to be perfect. And we've had to have some really hard conversations and we've messed up. I've messed up as a leader and, you know, but we work on our culture and we work on our team and we work to make it a place that everyone wants to work and come. So yeah, that's really important to me, but you know, it's not just me building it. It's every single person in our team building it. And I, I think that our, the people that work for us are just the most amazing humans. And that just makes the biggest difference with our amazing team. So I think that is what's important. I think it's all about hiring the right people. And I think it's about developing the core values that people align with and, you know, hiring on those core values and making sure to hold people accountable, including yourself and including your partner and including your manager and your instructor and every single person, because it's really important, but again, it's hard work and it's not like, it's like, Oh, poof, good. I mean, we have a great team. No, it's like having those hard conversations. It's working through things with each other and it's, it's working on it every single day, but I'm committed to be a better leader and a better team um, member. And I want to continue to grow an amazing team that gets along and that supports each other and that welcomes people and literally changes people's lives on a daily basis. So it's really cool to see how far it's come, but we still have, you know, more to go. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So where can, where can everyone find you on the Insta? You know, I'm like the old grandma. I'm like the Instagram. (laughs) Well, if you're looking for us on the Insta, you can find us at High Ride Cycle, or you can go to our website, highridecycle.com in order to sign up for any classes or to ride with us if you're local to Denver or North Bend. Perfect. I love it. And what are, what's your Instagram handle and you too, Ray? Mm-hmm. I'll go so find, mine you. I'll find Megan, you guys. Yes. So mine is Megan underscore Hanson with two N's. I mean, you okay. can find me there on the Instagram. <laughs> And then mine is just Ray Ely at Ray Ely. That's it. Nobody else has my name, baby. Didn't have to do (laughs) an underscore. (laughs) I love that. That's really awesome. (laughs) 
What card deck did you grab? Okay, so I have two. You guys, I don't know how, like, since, because usually we interview people that either one of us knows, like, particularly well. And I feel like I know you guys, like, from coming to your classes, but I'm, I'm not sure, like, what you're into. So I have Oracle, two two decks. I have the Spellcasters one, which is a little witchier. And then I have oh. the Wild Archetype, which is a little more, like, not as witchy. <laughs> oh, my God. I love witchy. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll let Ray choose. Okay, all right. okay, okay all right. you, girl, we'll you girls are like our type of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think Ray's into some of the witchy stuff, but I'm not sure. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> cool. Definitely. So I have three piles. Do you want left, right, or middle? You choose, Meg. Uh, middle. That's what I was gonna pick. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, I love this. Okay, you guys, we can't make this shit up. It says home. Oh, yes. yes. That is perfect for us. I know, and it's got like down. Okay. Um, I love that so much. Okay. It says magical guidance. Home is definitely where the heart is. It's a place of security, protection, comfort, and sanctuary. Oh my God, stop. I can't. This is amazing. Okay. And for you, there's nothing better than the feeling of being at home. As idyllic as that sounds, the reality of home is sometimes far harsher with disagreements, interruptions, or no time to call your own. But feeling like an outsider is hard for anyone looking in. So it's time to breathe new energy into your dwelling place by enhancing the ambiance with peace, warmth, and happiness. Retreating within your newly energized home for a while will restore to or will restore you to the full strength required to face the outside world. I love that so much. Oh my God. It's I perfect. Is home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love that. It's perfect. So basically this means everybody needs to go to high ride. And if you yes. can't get to high ride, you have to buy the stride app and take <laughs> classes with high ride cycle. And if you have any feelings about it, you call me and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you ladies. So much. Yes. I can't wait. All the people are going to have to come visit. Yes, so. yes they are. Yay. All Yay. right, ladies. Well, thank you so much. Thank you and, so much. Um, your episode will be airing on Monday. So can't even wait. And I'll, come, yeah. I'll, share I'll see you all in class. Yes. I'll, I'll come give it a shot. Uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'll take a whack at it. <laughs> we will be more than happy to have you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Thanks, guys. You have a good rest thank of you your both. Wednesday. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, girls. Talk to you later. Okay. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk with you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye.